Hi, and welcome to the House Hack Podcast. An exploration of modern work and how young professionals and businesses can work together in pursuit of the careers of tomorrow. Ryan and Charlie here. We're so glad you could join us. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to the House Hack podcast. On today's episode, we'll be discussing the role of internships in the future of the workplace. And we're joined by Paddy Ryder, who is the co-founder and CEO of COVID Interns, a Dublin-based social enterprise that matches students and graduates with internships at businesses. Started while in his final year at Trinity College Dublin, Paddy is now pursuing a master in finance and accounting at Imperial College London, alongside growing the business. You can find COVID Interns both on LinkedIn and Instagram. How are you doing, Paddy? Very good. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks for having me. And hi, Ryan. Uh, good to see you. Excited. Awesome. It's been good fun. So, got to sort of bring it back down to the starting point of how it already began. Back in, I think it was May time last year, you started COVID Interns. What was the sort of founding story behind it? As you said, we started COVID Interns after our final exams in May, but the idea arose a small bit before then. So, um, I was in a number of interview processes and suddenly they were all being cancelled. Firms were waiting until they had oversight to make hiring decisions. And I guess COVID was still unfolding and people didn't really know the, the true extent of it. So I realised that there was a mass of students who had internships cancelled or shortened and as COVID got worse, travel plans impeded with. So began having a few discussions with a classmate of mine, Rob, we thought that there was an opportunity here to do something to be a platform that could link these students to help out struggling businesses. In Ireland, um, over 95% of the businesses are SMEs, and we thought that these firms were particularly hard hit by COVID. Um, you know, many of them had retail revenue streams and brick and mortar revenue had dried up, and suddenly they had to pivot digitally, um, you know, maybe through social media or through digital marketing, and these were skills that they didn't possess. So um yeah that was that was the founding story really awesome that's uh kind of recognizing the skills gap and almost always the opportunity really that's out there and kind of taking it from there as well so what kind of role given you have a master's program underway and imperial like how does COVID interns play in your life right now i know that it's been like quite a journey the last year and you've had quite a lot of stories within that but kind of how do you balance everything right now it's a struggle at times being perfectly honest so as you said, um, you know, my main focus is my master's and kind of my aspirations to pursue a, a career in finance and COVID interns is, is very much a side hustle. It was an opportunity I felt to A, utilize my summer last year. I wasn't up to much. The opportunity cost was pretty low um, you know, lockdowns were in and I didn't really have a huge amount on my plate. And, and then secondly, and, and perhaps more importantly, was I thought that there was a good opportunity here to help out businesses in their time of need. So um, I guess initially COVID interns was a summer initiative and, you know, given the traction we've got and, and the demand to date, we felt that there was an opportunity here to continue it and, and um, you know, balance our times and schedules and uh, in tandem with, with our other objectives, but also still help out. And it's definitely been something I've been really grateful to have done demand has, has grown and I think there's a there's a real need for alternative avenues for students to find internships as so many of them have been disrupted. Awesome I think that's a really inspiring and fresh outlook really on kind of how business can play a role in someone's life because a lot of the time we see it as a side hustle that inevitably once it grows has to become the full-time thing but in a lot of ways 
you're rejecting that narrative and thinking it plays a part in my life, but it is not my life as well. So I think that's quite a refreshing attitude to it as well. And does that make it right in the sense of in the future, you're not, the aim is not to go full time on it, but is it to hand it over to someone else? Like what's the kind of future of COVID interns once you say graduate from your master's or when you take your next step in your career? It's very fluid and it has been to date. So, um, you know, as I said, initially it was, it was, you know, we thought that things might finish up in September and then we kind of realized that there was, you know, so many different ways that we could take this, you know, businesses were still pouring in and, and, and so were students. So I think, you know, it's something that's constantly revisited is our future plans being business students. Rob and I are always kind of considering all options and all avenues. And I think that's the exciting thing about it. And the great, I guess, how we've learned so much is you're taking the practical learnings from your undergraduate degree and applying it to a business now and seeing, you know, what sort of commercial model we should have, how do we promote it? And, you know, we've, we've got a huge amount out of that. So I think, you know, we, we still see there to be a, a long uh, lead time on this. And we think that we're able to balance uh, going forward. We're growing the team constantly, which has been a huge help and um, improving uh, delegation skills and, 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 you know, all those important things too. But I think it's, uh, it's definitely much our goal is to keep this going um, into the longer run. We think there's a huge opportunity here to help students get, you know, new opportunities. And, uh, you know, as the team grows, we're going strength to strength. So um, hopefully we can overcome the, the time management hurdles. Yeah, definitely. Like time management is such a big thing for, for anyone when you're running a business or, or co-founding or taking a lead. But when you've got the masters as part of that too, it's definitely another, another dynamic. But what would you say kind of defines your work-life balance? Do you subscribe to that as a kind of, model of working of you know you've got your work you've got your life you've got everything split between or you know I know there's a, a way of thinking that actually is, everything's a bit more integrated kind of what's your take on work-life balance yeah I think for me things are definitely very integrated when you have a, an initiative or a business or something that you're you're thinking creatively about it's kind of always on your mind in some capacity um, you know whether it's how to run a new marketing campaign whether it's how to form new partnerships with societies or businesses. So I think um, it's something that's always teetering at the back of my mind. In terms of work-life balance, I try and switch off. I, 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 whether it's seeing friends, um, you know, having, you know, it can, it can be difficult in the covert environment. So I think my work-life balance, to be honest, is quite poor at the minute. It's, it's very intense in terms of workload, but I think there's so much advantages to that. As I touched on earlier, the opportunity cost is so low. And I think in this sort of environment where, there's a huge amount of people struggling with boredom and struggling with the lockdowns. COVID interns in the masters has been an outlet for me to channel my energy and to focus on, you know, getting from A to B instead of focusing on things that were out of my control. So it's definitely been a huge plus, but um, yeah, try and switch off at, at certain times, but yeah, um, enjoying the process. Awesome. I think I actually read the other day, Jeff Bezos speaks a lot more about harmony rather than balance. So having the two, not necessarily as a trade-off, but actually as something which support one another. So finding happiness both in the work and also in the life that are around it, you can bring happiness to the other part of it as well. So it's almost like they're harmonized rather than necessarily balanced, which I think is a really interesting, different opinion on it as well. Yeah, I think that's a really important point as well. And if you're doing things that you enjoy, it doesn't feel like, you know, really time intensive and laborious work. You know, when I'm learning my master's it's it's actually quite enjoyable and similarly COVID interns I 
really enjoy doing it so it doesn't tax me too much um so I think it's about finding you know things you enjoy your passions and and then uh, that kind of work-life balance is kind of I guess it's molded in together you know your work is your life and it's all kind of happy and you're enjoying it yeah almost channeling your energy through what you enjoy doing definitely very very true do you think kind of combining that then the energy from from COVID interns do you think it comes from it being a problem and an opportunity to solve or do you think it's partly down to it being entrepreneurship based and do you like the fact that it's a business that you're working on or would that equally have been replaced by something else entirely and do you think had COVID not come about you would even find yourself in the entrepreneurship scheme or scene thereafter? It's a strange one because without COVID there perhaps would be no COVID interns Um, you know COVID <laughs> really <laughs> It, uh, it certainly gave us the the opportunity to start something but I think before then um, Rob and I would constantly be in I guess chatting and discussing various opportunities or trends that we saw opportunities in um, and it was kind of a disappointment of mine throughout my undergraduate degree was that I had never started something entrepreneurial a couple of my other friends had and I just thought it was fantastic thought and saw what they were doing and you know it was I just thought it was really cool especially when you're in college. Um, my undergraduate degree wasn't hugely intensive in terms of lecture hours. Um, so there was opportunities to do other stuff and I didn't really avail of that. Um, so when COVID interns or the idea came about, I said, okay, now's the time to, to try it and, and do it. And really glad that, that we did. Yeah, I love that. I remember back to the start of, of house hacking in April, 2020, kind of, some definite similarities around channeling our energy in a positive way throughout throughout that time, but then actually taking it to another level of, as that entrepreneurial venture was was definitely a, a catalyst for for change for the both of us. What I would would ask off the back of that is, you know, are there any key skills as young people, as as entrepreneurs, that we need to try and cultivate to enable us to take those steps for for those projects or for those businesses that we're trying to start are there any things that we can really focus on now or actually is it more you know you learn on the job just kind of get started and, and learn as you go I think it's a mix so you can be learning different skills that will help you when you do start your venture but also once you do start your venture you know whether it's you've told your friends you've told your family you know you've posted on social media suddenly you have this accountability so you've said you're going to do something and there's this kind of external pressure along with that intrinsic drive to see it through. Um, and I think that's one of the really important things of having a good team around you and, you know, potentially co-founders is you are given that accountability and, you know, there's someone there to, to check in on and it works both ways. And um, starting a venture, there's a huge amount of momentum involved. So it's peaks and troughs when things are going well, it's great. And when things are going poorly, it can be, it can be tough. So by having another, person there who you can bounce ideas off who you can you know rally the troops um, I think the importance of having a strong team is, is really important but I think it's very easy for students or you know young professionals to have imposter syndrome and to think who am I to start a business or a venture and you know why is it me that would be a success because of it you know xyz are so much better positioned to do it so many people just won't even start but you know just start 
you won't be where you want to be, but gradually you'll learn new skills, you'll develop and you'll adapt. And hopefully down the road, things will start to fall into place and, and kind of your goals and objectives can, can start coming true. The kind of realization for me on that side of previously before House Hack, never really starting an entrepreneurial venture. I would say I was quite intrapreneurial within the organizations I worked in or, or for. Um, is that that imposter syndrome doesn't necessarily go away. It might quieten down now and again when you have those high points, but ultimately it's something that you you manage and kind of deal with. And as a result of that, just starting or just moving the needle along or whatever analogy you want to use for starting a business, starting a project, it is something that once you do that, you know, the ball is rolling and then it's step by step. And actually, as, as you say, you, you can kind of balance and manage that kind of quiet voice in your head and make it that little bit quieter and kind of prove it wrong by, by getting those wins. I mean, out of the, the journey so far with COVID interns, what, what have been some of those high and low kind of moments for you? What are the highlights that you think back on? I think just generally it's been a huge positive. Um, there has been no real major down points. And I think, that's funny because during the times where things are kind of going not as well, they feel things feel like they're going terrible. So, you know, for instance, if a couple of placements early on didn't work out, it was it was frustrating. You know, was our principles and our models for making placements working and that sort of stuff. In terms of the highs, I think um, just being able to help. I think we've helped 350 businesses now. So you know, they've got assistance in their time of need. And similarly, students have got educational opportunities. You know, when you get the anecdotal thank yous and emails, it's it's a huge source of, of motivation. And, you know, you, you get that satisfaction of, of what you're doing. I think it's been surreal too. Uh, some of the external stuff that have flown off as a result. So we were accepted into a Blackstone funded accelerator program and learned a huge amount during those months. Um, received a small bit of, of funding, which was fantastic. Um, we were lucky to feature in, in some pretty nice press publications, Financial Times, CNBC, The Irish Times, and um, you know, coming on different podcasts and stuff, we can spread the message more. And that's been that's been great. Um, coming out of your comfort zone and, and speaking on things like this is is something that I can definitely improve on. And, and you know, it's it's the opportunities that have flown have been fantastic as a result. So um and I think even now, relaunching in 2021, we've seen placements um, extend beyond just Ireland and the UK. So we've made placements in China, New York, Singapore, um, France. So it's just kind of mind-blowing that um, we have COVID entrance in, in these different places now, which has been which has been great. Awesome. I think you can definitely agree with that. It's the perspective that's often the hardest of realising how far you've already come and how cool different parts of the journey are, like the people you've met, but also the little comments people have made. I know that on our end, we have like a whole list of feedback. Uh, I think it's like probably 150 responses on that of different parts of people have said. And so whenever I'm feeling on that low point, I'm like, oh God, what's going on? I always refer back to that as my kind of grounding point because hearing people say, wow, this is really cool or this is what energizes me. is really something that I think keeps the motivation going and really helps go through the peaks and troughs as well um, for sure and when you're looking at things day to day you don't see those those changes or or week to week but when you step back and say how far you've come in two four six eight months then the differences really amplify and you can really show that progression 
um, you know, from 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 Rob and I starting this, and and now we have kind of a, a team of seven, um, all who have added huge value and have been incredible. Um, we've went from um, not having a commercial model and not charging and just doing this pro bono to realizing that there was a bigger opportunity and that um, we can we can start to develop revenue streams and have a greater impact and you know sustain ourselves and then we can you know spread further and grow and scale and um, you know even in 2021 I think we had um, over a thousand students sign up uh, that that a thousand one was kind of mind blowing because I think our, initially we had hoped to make ten placements so. It, it really kind of shows the the progression over time. Yeah, it just magnifies, doesn't it? And it compounds and goes very exponentially as well. And definitely. But like kind of taking this a step back a moment and thinking about kind of the two words, COVID and interns, the COVID part's probably a bit more obvious about the situational aspect of, of what you do, but also then the interns part. I think that labels a very a broad one that can apply across many different areas and means a lot of different things to a lot of different businesses. I think from my knowledge, it started in the music industry as a way for people to get experience. And then that's been broadened and brought across different industries and applied there afterwards. So in your kind of understanding your words, like what would you describe an internship as? I think an internship to me is really a short term piece of work. So I break it down into, you know, your more standard internships that we've all come to know and, and think about the likes of your 12 weeks in PwC for a summer and exclusive, they typically take place in the summer. But I think under our umbrella, so we typically place three, opp three opportunities. So you have the full-time roles and then the two types of internship roles. So your standard internships that I just touched on, but also we're looking at more project style internships. So these could be for five, 10, 15 hours a week and can take place in tandem with your studies. So, you know, you can, instead of working, let's say in a deli counter or working as a, a waiter or waitress, you can, you know, apply to COVID interns under your desired area. It can be aligned with your degree and you can take a placement alongside your studies. Um, you know, there's a lot of studies that show if you can do that, your network is better, your career earnings would be higher and ultimately you'll have a more successful career. So I think, an internship to me is kind of new opportunities that take place on a non-full-time basis. Yeah, in that non-full-time basis is probably the key element here, isn't it? Of It's seen as a short-term thing. And in fact, understanding on both parties, they both know that and appreciate that and trying to get the most out of it for themselves as well. I think that's a very interesting kind of viewpoint on it. And I guess that third model, that one, about fitting it alongside your studies and doing it while at university is a really interesting one of like five to 10 hours a week while also uh, living and working there. Um, I think university offers a lot of opportunities kind of similar that might compete with that, dare I say. I know you have a lot of time and I found that at university that it was almost the smallest part of what I did, but perhaps against societies like Enactus or even starting your own business or project, how would an internship compare and should a student kind of sacrifice one over the other or should they just try and explore more of each one and work out what they want to do? I think it's, it's, it's tough to generalize because everyone is so specific. I'd encourage people to get involved in as much stuff as they can. And by doing that, they get exposure. So whether it's a society, you'll get exposure. Let's say you join your, your college finance society, you'll get exposure to the different talks, 
that will tell you about roles xyz and how they differ and you can kind of gain an appreciation for the skills that are required and what you'd be good at but if you really want to try that out i think doing a, a part-time internship alongside your studies is a really good way to do that so there's a huge amount of students that don't really know what they want to do and it's very tough to you know enter the workforce um when you don't know that so by doing internships it's the ideal way to test your assumption oh, you know for instance you might say oh i think i'm very outgoing i might be good at a career in sales so you can take an internship in sales and see um you know it's the, it's the best way to find out if that type of work is is what you're interested in and, and where your career aspirations lie so um and similarly if you don't know what you want to do you can take multiple different internships and figure that out as you go you can find out that you like some bits of this type of role and other bits of that other type of role and kind of find that that nice point for you yeah it's an interesting one i think the classic misconception is that you have to know what you're going to do and you have to know what you want to you know have your career in um but the biggest thing that i always hark back to because it's so it's such a strong thought is that well you don't have to do the same thing forever you don't have to do the same thing after your first job or whatever and because of the model of an internship that's what makes it so good to engage with particularly for young people because it helps you to test the water helps you to find out what you might like what you do like what you don't and then make decisions accordingly it's an information gathering exercise if nothing else and i think also the key point for me is it is it helps you as a younger person to leverage time because you have a lot of it and it helps you to then go you know two weeks four weeks a month even up to six months a year that's not actually a lot of time in the grand scheme of things and i think there's a potentially a misconception too that that is a long time even six months to a year it's kind of not as well so spending that amount of time to understand yourself as much as anything but also understand the different businesses or the different roles is it's a super important exercise for sure and i think there's a huge amount of pressure on college students and even before that you know um, whether you're doing your leaving search or your a levels to know what you want to do and there's many many people who don't know what they do want to do so um internships or societies is is the best way to to test that out and i think furthermore what covid interns really has tried to do as well is offer a new avenue for students to seek internships so our target business is an sme and traditionally in ireland and i'm imagining things are, are similar in the uk it's been much more difficult for these businesses to find top talent coming out of universities but also for students to apply to these sort of businesses because they don't run structured programs like the likes of a big law firm or pwc so you know if, if we open up the number of businesses that can take interns there's so many more opportunities for people and um, a lot of my friends hadn't done internships up until their penultimate or final years in college and had felt that they were somewhat snookered and had less skills and less competencies than other students. I myself didn't do an internship for my first two summers and, and went traveling and it was, it was something I felt as well was that I had wasted those summers and that the only time to get an internship was in the summer. So if we can open up the, the calendar year and you know, you've four X the, the amount of time to secure placement and figure things out. The, the kind of counterpoint maybe is that you don't have to know 
you don't have to find this kind of holy grail of, oh, I know where I'm going. I know what I'm doing. And I, I figured, I figured it out. I've won kind of thing. I think the attitude certainly that I think of when I say come up with something that you might like or test the waters, all of these different things is just to test and to try and to think about what it is that might be something that upskills you to a point where you can do something else or just kind of it's part of the journey and see every single internship, every single job as these kind of stepping stones, this kind of part of the tapestry is not necessarily that kind of really broad point of you have to know and then because not you probably will never know right people will still spend tens of years decades in, in different industries and they still don't know right so it's not necessarily a destination is i think the broader point yeah and i think the pressure to know what you want to do look i think it's really i think it's important to follow your interests and to identify what realms your interests are in but things are mm-hmm. fluid so you know if, if you were to think back to 20 or 30 years ago you probably had a career for life and you might have been pigeonholed into that career and, and there wasn't this transition into different careers and, and different realms. And that stigma is gone. Um, our generation will have multiple roles in many different industries. And, you know, you, you have that optionality to move between industries and different types of roles, which I think is great. So um, it's important, I think, to have some sort of idea of what you want to do, because if you have a goal, you're more inclined to, to push for it and progress towards it. And I think that would benefit you. But as I said, things can change. And I think everyone is subject to change. Yeah, definitely. I think it's definitely pretty, pretty true how, how fast things can, can change. On, on my end as well, my experience in internships, I think I've done two or three in my time. Uh, one that I reached out to through a family's friend who set me up and put me in touch so again wasn't like publicly available so it's pretty interesting how that came about and then the other one I reached out to SMEs in my local area and asked them hey look can I come and do an internship for you a bit more entrepreneurial dare we say than looking at a job board but both of those experiences were unpaid and that's probably the elephant in the room here of like should all internships be paid opportunities I think it's a really kind of broad interesting question and my kind of takes that it's pretty complex but I guess on your end Paddy like what are your thoughts on that? I think it's a mix so it depends on the placement so we've been fortunate at COVID entrance to um, find opportunities for people that are predominantly paid so the the vast majority of our placements are paid now we try and keep 10 to 15 percent of our placements within charities so these are volunteer placements so charities have been hit really really hard with COVID and they can't fundraise as they used to so we try and provide interns to them to help with business development and strategizing and when things get back to normal how they can bounce back but I think you know ideally it would be great if all interns were paid um, you know to reflect uh, to reflect the work that they're doing but I think the benefits of an internship are twofold it's the monetary value but also the non-monetary value and the competencies you learn the experience you gain and the skills that you develop which I think is really important so I think it's 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 a balancing act and you know if you're working any substantial amount of hours we would encourage that there is payment involved but for instance if someone's come in on a project for 10 hours a week for two weeks and in some instances where businesses are struggling we think that's a good opportunity for students to 
get a line on their CV, especially younger students who mightn't have much experience and who are craving uh, placement. Um, you know, the appetite for students has been colossal. Uh, people realize that they need to get placements and um, there's 50% less internships. Um, Glassdoor did a study and, and they found that there was 50% less internships this year than in years gone by. So I think students have to adapt and also to look at different avenues because it's really important to get those skills to bolster your CV and to, you know, put the best version of you forward for different opportunities down the line. But in an ideal world, um, I think an internship should be paid. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think the skill development is the core part here. And in my head, that really what makes the difference is if you can do a task and learn from it by doing it, but not have to repeat it, I think that might be the difference here. So if it's something where you're doing a role, but you have to work X hours, again, that's more akin to a job. But also if you have to do X thing repetitively, that's more akin to a job as well. But if it's swinging on the learning and development side and it's, hey, look, we're super flexible, come and join us whenever you can, whenever you want to work, that's cool. Whenever you want to help us out, great. We'll make this role as useful for you as possible and we'll remove as much of the rep repetition. I feel like those two things are very different roles. And the one that highlights and helps the person as much as they can without asking them to do too much in return that's probably the internship that in my eyes if they can get not get away with it but like is more available to offer on a voluntary basis because in a lot of times you find or from your experience of working SMEs are there some SMEs or startups even that are too early on to be able to afford an intern and if that's the case do you think is your answer you shouldn't have one then or is it okay if you create the right program then it could be worth it on both parties I think that's the great thing about our target demographic on the business side is SMEs and startups, the nature of the work is very dynamic. So as you said, it's not this repetitive, boring work. Typically you're given more autonomy to do your tasks and more flexibility, more creativity. And ultimately we hope that students get a more holistic uh, view of the business and can learn more. So, We've been delighted to be able to, to provide those, but there has been instances where, for instance, a startup may not have the bandwidth to hire someone on a full-time basis. So what we try and do is we try and reduce that, that big, huge decision for the business. So if a business comes to us and looks for a student, we propose a three-week trial period. And this is the opportunity to assess the student and not you know, jump into the deep end for want of a better analogy, but to, you know, test the waters in the shallow end. And then hopefully in, you know, a month's time, they can see the value that the intern has had and that can be reflected in the form of a job offer or payment. Often as well with startups, we found that there's been a huge amount of them who've come into us and they plan to raise in two, three, four months down the line. So they might take an intern and then that's been converted to a full-time role once they've raised their round. So I think things are very dynamic. And for us, we're trying to find that balance between helping out businesses in need and also providing the best educational opportunities for students. So it's been a, a balancing act. Yeah, it's really challenging. And I think the overlay of how venture capital works, particularly when you're working in a startup versus a kind of growing business, it's super interesting because there's probably a ton of opportunities that fit into that category where it starts off 
as a part-time role or an unpaid role and then will convert later potentially quite quickly but it's not something that as a student or as a graduate you really know about or understand uh, i mean even even ourselves as, as house hack working with venture funded businesses it's not something that still i i know a huge huge amount about so it's definitely something that's an interesting point i think as part of the the kind of unpaid paid conversation i think it, it's a real complex one and it, it's one that can often go one way or the other it's not necessarily a complete down the middle black or white type scenario but i think the main thing for me is that it comes down to the businesses rather than the students or the young people or the, the people doing the internship and as a result of that we need to make it easier for businesses to get to a point where they can afford to pay their interns and they're not at a point where they're employing unpaid internships at the bottom of their organizations continuously because ultimately if that's a sustained practice then that's what on the moral side of things does get to a point where actually that's not good and uh, that's more towards the exploitation of, of of young young people but actually what we want to do is get to a point where these businesses are growing to the point where they can sustain financially supporting young people supporting students graduates on an internship level for sure and that's one thing that's been really pleasing to see as the pandemic has progressed and you know there's been more supports for businesses and they've kind of come through and pivoted their operations somewhat we've seen um you know more and more businesses uh, seeking to to grow to hire more interns to come back for repeat business and um you know the proportion of 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 paid interns is really really high and it's uh, it's actually much greater than i originally had anticipated which has been really pleasing so yeah it's that balancing act and i think as well with an internship it's great that you know it, it can be a bespoke hire so for instance it's not just 50 hours a week in many instances a business needs someone for 20 hours a week and you know it's it's a it's a it's an, almost a spectrum typically with hiring especially for full-time roles you're hired on a full-time basis and there's nothing in the middle whereas with an intern a business can take a step back assess their business's needs if they're running a marketing campaign they can take that intern for two month period on 30 hours a week and then suddenly they might need to any intern any marketing intern for for two months and then you know in four months down the line they might be running a new campaign and can come back for an intern so um it's not just this zero to one there's this uh, middle ground and and mm -hmm. um you know an intern can be uh, a bespoke fix for your business's needs at that point in time which is great yeah we were talking about that a few weeks ago on the podcast as well actually about how in the future maybe we will be more self-employed or we will see more people who are freelance and self-employed or kind of see their labor as such. And as a result, they will work on a more flexible way with businesses so that actually more full-time jobs, whether it's because classic thing is internships are often associated with young people, but actually we might see throughout the workforce more of an adoption of part-time flexible type working that allows for that as the model kind of applies in different ways, particularly in a, in a COVID or recession type environment. But the point I'm gonna gonna bring next on the kind of unpaid pay conversation is on the kind of equality of access and the kind of possibility that actually not everyone can do unpaid internships to the same extent. And a lot of it can come down to 
whether you can afford to do an unpaid internship or not, or the kind of amount of time you have to put down. And I think part of that comes down to kind of general societal inequality. Part of it definitely does come down to the kind of hustle, the access that you might have, the kind of nepotism in there too, the networks, all of these different things. So kind of how, how do we navigate this as, as young people? How do we support people who are younger than us to navigate these situations when it comes to, you know, their first one, two, three engagements with a business? Yeah, it's a really difficult issue because these aren't normal times. Mm. Um, the job market has been thrown on its head. And students, the main thing for me is students need access to opportunities. So how can we how can we do that? Of course, um, some students are in advantageous positions to take internships. And that's something that we're constantly trying to ensure is, is there's a level playing field. Um, it, it can be difficult to do. So we try and implement different policies. So um, unpaid internships are capped at X amount of hours per, per week. So there's no such thing as full time unpaid internships through COVID interns. You might be able to take an unpaid internship for five or ten hours a week or with a, a charity but i think a charity is a is an exception um just like if i was to go fundraising on the street and um, shaking a bucket it's, it's kind of that you're volunteering up your time so i think it's it's something that we're always looking at, at doing and, and providing access and, and opportunities to to everyone um we've tried to make some partnerships with different uh, social enterprises that try and facilitate the work of of different underrepresented groups which has been successful and um, we're definitely looking at, at trying to do things like that more and more into the future um, but I think to me that's a, a secondary order effect and, and thinking from first principles is um, on a wider scale the amount of opportunities for students and graduates is right right down and uh, there needs to be more services and offerings that can facilitate internships um, and we need to kind of be innovative and, and adapt to the hand that we're dealt as students um, because there will be a skills gap developing for our cohort, if not. Yeah, I definitely think that it being online helps a lot as well because you're no longer having to live somewhere or travel to somewhere to have that same opportunity. It almost removes or not necessarily removes, but decreases the barrier to entry to simply be opportunity cost. Because prior it would have been you need to invest in that hotel for a week or that location for a month. But now it's just you need to spend the time doing that rather than this. So it's just opportunity cost now rather than necessarily investment of money into it as well. So I think it's a lot more level than perhaps it used to be given the virtual nature of the work. For sure. And I think as well, the issue is, is sometimes amplified and magnified in the media, whereby in reality, or certainly from the empirical evidence that I've come across, it, it hasn't really been a huge issue. Um, I think, you know, take those charity placements aside, 99% of our placements have been paid and, um, and you know, I, I foresee that to continue going forward. So, um, which, which is fantastic. And that's, that's what we want and that's the ideal. But I, you know, as I said, I think that there are opportunities for unpaid internships um, especially when they're on a short time basis, because you know, that facilitates opportunities elsewhere to you know, work alongside a part-time job or et cetera, et cetera. But um, our goal really is to replace the part-time job with an internship, a paid internship that can be taken alongside your studies and to facilitate summer internship placements or full-time roles with SMEs and to open up the accessibility for placements for students and to give 
employers a cost-effective route to hiring top talent. Awesome. Yeah, and that's a really good vision to have. And I think that's quite empowering for a lot of students as well. I'm just thinking kind of a step back a little bit. If you are a student applying for these internships with COVID interns, I'm assuming most of them don't necessarily have the prior experience of an internship and thus not necessarily the skills to be able to apply or demonstrate that they've shown that they can do it before. So how do they make themselves stand out in the applications and how would you kind of assess which candidates make a good match given that they might not have the skill previously because that's what they want out of this internship experience, but they necessarily might have the character and desire to learn. Like, How do you find that in the applicants? It's tough to generalize again because we've had 1,500 um, candidates and, and CVs come to us. So um, those range from uh, young uh, professionals who might have at the upper end have MBAs or have accountancy exams. Um, a lot of people with masters, a lot of people with undergrads, and then some people who are in the first and second years of their undergraduate degree. So typically the elder candidates have more experience and have um, many internships under their belt, but also we've seen people in the industry working for two, three, four years um, coming to us for roles. And I think that reflects the difficulties at a junior level in the job market today. Um, we have seen absolutely incredible candidates with MBAs uh, struggling to find work, um, which is amazing. And similarly, um, there's so many top, top talent uh, just who are in the middle of their undergraduate degree who typically would have an internship secured, but don't. So it's a, it's a wide mix. But I think in terms of standing out for your placement, I think it's, it goes back to those boring bog standard things. Um, you know, your CV being clean, concise, one page, um, laying it out well in terms of your education, your work experience, and then your interests at the bottom, um, formatted well. Um, then simple things like starting your educate your bullet points on your CV with an action verb and then describing what happened and then finishing with a quantitative tangible value add. So for instance, compiled um, many different documents, which resulted in 12% more time efficiencies or 12% faster meetings. And to show that tangible value add that you had and not to speak passively, but to speak actively and to show those those verbs. Um, but I think one thing that's, that students really don't get a huge amount of help with during college is CVs, cover letters, interview help and advice. And that's one thing that we're looking at is where can we help them up? Where can we help them out? Um, but I mean, the CV is, it's a, it's a complex document if you haven't done it before, but once you know what you need to include and, and how you can make yourself stand out, how you can show your initiative and, and the skills and competencies you possess, um, you know, you can really separate yourself from the masses. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I've seen or, or learned around CVs is show, don't tell, and really just attach as much quantitative output as possible and almost backtrack that if it wasn't necessarily measured at a time when you were working for an internship organization, uh, whatever you were doing, you can ask them for an estimate that you can list on your CV, or you can ask them when they make a reference for you for a future application, or when you're input when they're inputting for your CV, 
ask them to estimate things to say, oh, you know, we didn't measure how long an impact I had because I took minutes at, at, at all of these weekly meetings. But, uh, you know, we both agree that I made it more efficient, for example, as, as you mentioned, okay, let's put 12%. Do you agree? Okay, cool. Then, then you can move with that number without thinking, okay, I have to measure everything about my entire existence. Uh, so, yeah. For sure. And even simple things like to you, if you've won XYZ or done XYZ, you know that inside out, but often other people don't. So for instance, if I'm applying for a role in the UK, now I have my leaving cert points down, you know, people, you know, the hiring manager won't know what that is. So include the percentile or include something that can be relatable. Um, you know, if you've won your college award or business award for some module in your undergraduate undergraduate degree, explain that and, and make it digestible for the hiring manager, which I think um, is really important and, and just simple pragmatic advice. Yeah, definitely appreciating that every hiring manager, every founder, whoever's reading that document, it is somebody reading it still. And although there are a lot of tech involved in applications, it's not always the case. And actually write it as though you're talking to somebody and try and paint a picture, tell a story, tell a bit of a narrative as well at the same time as trying to be descriptive and just use your, use your stats at the same time. Because if it doesn't read well off the page, then it's not going to grab attention. And I think the standard thing is that it takes like five or six seconds for somebody to say yes or no to moving a CV forward to the next stage of that process, whatever that business or organization is dealing with. And that's not a lot of time to capture attention. So if you're using really dry language, you're not really using those stats, you haven't formatted it well, as you mentioned, you're not putting yourself in that sort of quote unquote best position. For sure. And, you know, when you do progress, hopefully to an interview, it's crafting your elevator pitch in 90 seconds, two minutes um, and show that story and, and, you know, why you've done ABC to get to this interview and how that aligns with your longer term career aspirations. Yeah, definitely. And something I always talk about is how the skills from your previous experiences still matter, but you don't necessarily think that they matter. So people often have the misconception, you know, if you're a student, you're a graduate, you're a young person, that the experiences they have don't translate or the skills don't transfer. But actually, one of the biggest jobs when you're writing your CV is not to think, oh, what do I not have that I need to go and get? It's what do I already have that I need to draw out in a different way? So that could be something as simple as from counting cash as a cashier down your retail job. Well, that's financial management to meet targets. That like every everything has a contribution to an organization that you can draw out. Um, and even if it's doing things by yourself, um, you know, doing a little side hustle from your bedroom, listing things on eBay, something simple like that, where you can draw skills like proactivity out, you can draw skills like uh, initiative to meet financial need. You know, everything has a relatability to something that you can put on a CV because you can talk about it in a, in a CV kind of interview type situation. And in the context of internships, particularly within COVID, when some of those more traditional internship opportunities have dried up, that's where I think we'll see young people leverage their existing experiences to see, actually, I've got some experience in that kind of 
higher character trait skill mindset will really become important for businesses going forward. For sure. And at a junior level, I think hiring managers understand that you're not going to have the perfect past experience. So it's about showing the competencies and skills you possess and, you know, pulling them out of different areas of your life to, to depict that. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a really good piece of advice to anyone looking to design a CV or look at an application more broadly as well. I think today we've spoken quite a lot about internships, their place right now, their current situation and how it can be quite difficult for a lot of people to access them, but also what great initiatives are going on to support them right now as well. How do you, Paddy, see the future of internships? Do they have a, a different role in the workplace or do you see more of the same going forward? It's a strange one. I think over the shorter term, I think there's a huge opportunity for more remote internships and remote learning. There's a huge amount of pros and a huge amount of cons for um, that sort of, of learning. Um, but under the current environment, they're a fantastic resource for, for people. Going forward, I would like to see more and more internships that, as I touched on earlier, you can take place during your studies. And um, I think there's so much more value that um, university students can get um, if they do that. Um, I think the bound, boundaries of geography uh, over a longer horizon will become less and less. Um, and then hopefully, you know, there's more exposure and there's a greater variety of of opportunities for students and graduates but I think over the shorter term it's it's just important for students to realize that there are 50% less internships um, available and to look at alternative avenues and how you can you know not show a gap on your CV where possible and um, you know people will be understanding of gaps in your CV but if there is opportunities to get involved in different initiatives societies uh, COVID internship to take those and to you know harness those skills. Yeah, definitely. I think it's finding different pieces of the puzzle that you can bring into your experience and seeing in different ways and almost challenging what has been done before. So you can bring in unique experience that is different as well. I think on my end, it's, it's a huge potential, really. It's yet unrealized, perhaps, from the digital nature of internships. You spoke before about matching people in like China to people in Ireland. Like That's pretty awesome. And I think that speaks more broadly to the understanding of the company is perhaps changing as well. And although hybrid work might be the way forward of two days, three days is the kind of standard approach we're seeing a lot of people adapting to. It's probably also a place for that intern that maybe is on the three days a week that's remote. Like they can fit into the remote part of someone's week, which I think is really interesting as well, where they could almost help out the remote team or the remote element of what someone does and learn a lot from it regardless of borders regardless of geography and they won't have to change much about their scenario to do it so previously like you say it might have been oh the summer was the best time to do an internship actually it's now within your studies you can do it anytime as well i think that's really really powerful is that it won't necessarily be bound by okay, so we have this summer internship program like we always have done, always will do. It's actually, we have this while you study program as well. Like it's actually going to change the way that probably application deadlines will be even all year round for different roles. But actually the roles themselves will be, in my point of view, integrated both in the day-to-day, -day, but also across the summer as well, which could be a really, really interesting, different approach going forward. 
Yeah, and the needs of an SME or a startup business are so much more dynamic than a mature accountancy firm or law firm. So it's much tougher to make hiring decisions a year out. So, you know, if you take PwC again, you know, they can take an intern with a view to making them permanent the year after. Often that luxury isn't afforded to an SME where um, things are changing very quickly. They don't know the level of demand. They don't know how quickly they're growing. And um, often startups and SMEs, when they're undergoing quick growth, they need to make hiring decisions faster. So, you know, a COVID internship could be the avenue to start for a couple of weeks and then convert into a full-time role and not just a, a summer prior to, to the year you start. So thinking then on the kind of employee, employer side of this, thinking about the future of internships, as we've, as we've mentioned, what are the real kind of core takeaways that we're saying on both sides of this coin? I guess on employees, on kind of student, young person side, we're basically saying get out there, right? We're basically saying to try and seek the opportunities that are available, acknowledging the difficulties of the situation that we find ourselves in and to try and really continue to enhance your skills however you can. Yeah, I think it's important to roll with the punches in an environment like this and there are other avenues to develop skills. Um, so yeah, I'd encourage uh, to, to look at these alternative avenues as, uh, as a way to avoid those skills gaps and to keep progressing, keep moving forward and keep learning new skills. Yeah, and on an employer basis, on a business charity level, all of these things, I guess the, the main message is to kind of check yourself in terms of the programs that you're running on that unpaid paid level and kind of don't overstretch yourself within that way probably too, to kind of feed into that to make sure that if you can offer paid opportunities that, that you are, but also what else would we say to, to businesses? Often, I think there's a huge amount of SMEs who have tried to hire junior talent and have felt that A, they didn't know where to go and B, they didn't know how to run a program and C, they had time constraints that they couldn't go out and run a process. So hopefully COVID interns and similar um well, I probably won't plug our rivals now, but COVID interns can be the avenue to come to us with your bespoke needs. We will screen candidates. We have a massive candidates there. We will link you in with the best candidates and you can go from there. That will now enable you the opportunity to focus on the important things of running your business. And you can rest assured that we will find top talent for your organization. Hopefully it's a, it's a, it's a, it's advantageous thereafter. And we've seen an increasingly huge amount of these interns progress to full-time roles, which has been really great. Awesome. I think that really summarizes the really great work you guys are doing over at COVID Interns. And just want to say thank you for joining us today, Paddy. It's been a really great episode and really great to explore different elements of internships, how they currently are, and also how they could be in the future as well. So just one last thing to say is if you want to find COVID Interns, you can find them on LinkedIn. Instagram but yeah thank you Paddy for your time today really appreciate it thanks Charlie thanks Ryan that's it for today from the House Hack podcast the best place to find us is LinkedIn at House Hack Events the company page and personally on LinkedIn at Ryan McGee and Real Charlie Rogers we really appreciate your listening support leave us a review if you enjoyed our episode and we'll see you the next one